0: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
1: Hey folks, it's Mike here. Uh, This is going to be Meander Mile episode 3 Uh, As you know, this isn't your kind of regular episode, this isn't usual tight and controlled episode that we do where I kind of introduce you to a story in someone's life and we kind of have all the sound effects and music and it's all neatly done. This is one of those episodes where I take you on a little journey through a single street in London's West End um, and I just tell you various different stories, some of which may turn up in Murder Mile at some point in the future, some of which may not. Unfortunately, many of these stories just don't have enough information in them in order to turn it into a full episode so uh this is going to be wh- why we create meandermile it also gives me time to rest and work on the rest of the series <laughs> so um because there won't be many descriptions on here um what you can do uh on my website uh i will be uploading many photos so you can look at the locations that we're going to be uh, having a peep at or i'll put a start link Uh, on Google Maps, on my website, on social media, what you can do uh, some people have started doing this, it's good fun, you can follow me on Google Maps and actually it'd be nicer because at the moment, we're still in lockdown Uh, the street's very quiet very quiet, like really scary quiet so uh, have a look on Google Maps, you can see actual people standing next to each other, it's amazing so, this is meander mile 3 and we're going to go through Chinatown uh, in case you don't know, Chinatown uh, in London's West End is just south of, uh, it's, it's still technically in Soho, just south of uh, Shaftesbury Avenue, just north of Leicester Square uh, and just a little bit east of Piccadilly Circus, which will be next week's episode. Um, it's, it's only a couple of streets long. Uh, basically, it comprises of a small part of Shaftesbury Avenue, Gerrard Place, Newport Place, Newport Court, Lyle Street, Coventry Street. Uh, the south part of Wardour Street uh, and but the most important bit that we're going to focus on today which is Gerrard Street. Gerrard Street is the bit that everyone thinks is is all Chinatown. It's got hanging lanterns above, it's got kind of uh, intricate Chinese, well not real Chinese, kind of fake Chineseified uh, uh, pagodas but mostly it's full of lots of uh, Chinese restaurants. There's also a couple of uh, illegal gambling dens as well but we won't go into that well we will do but we'll do it discreetly so this street uh, I'm gonna start on the western end of it uh, on Wardour Street outside a pub called O'Neill's uh, we, I'll explain all this to you very shortly we'll walk down Gerrard Street uh, heading east we're only gonna travel around 400 feet it literally is one street it's pedestrianized 400 feet we'll make it as far as Newport Place And that's it. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pack in as many murders on this street as we can. Um, I'm going to be slightly quiet because it's it's a very quiet street today. And uh, a lot of these crimes are associated with triads. I don't want to end up dead. I don't want to end up in somebody's food. So, just so you know, here's just a very, very brief history of Chinatown. Um, At the end of the 19th century, start of the 20th century, London's Chinatown was actually in Limehouse over in the Docklands. Uh, obviously that was the port of London that would be where people uh, many things would be unloaded but also you get, you get a lot of immigrants there so there was a big Chinese community there obviously World War II happened um, as happens with the bombers they would come over, they would bomb like the, the industrial parts of London, the, the main city centres, places like that but obviously as the German bombers were heading back to Germany, they couldn't fly back with bombs because they'd be too heavy so they needed to unload them, they unloaded these bombs, a hell of a lot of them over the East End uh, and the Docklands, because were, were, it was a port as well, that was quite badly destroyed. So Chinatown there was destroyed. Uh, around 1950s, everyone was kind of like, well, we need a new place to settle. They were quite unsettled. Uh, by the early 1970s, um, a lot of uh, Chinese families then actually moved to Gerald Street. Uh, Gerald Street, south of Soho, quite run down. Um, a cheap place to live and because of that, because there were a lot of families already here lots of restaurants died popping up and this became the Chinatown. So it's only actually been Chinatown since the early 70s but obviously we still think of it as Chinatown from a very long time ago. Um, if you go down the street it's one street, loads of lanterns, loads of pagodas as mentioned it's pedestrianised but you know trucks can go down there to unload, there's lots of restaurants. Uh, it's a nice place to hang out. Um, Interesting point, <laughs> interesting point. Uh, on the 25th of July, 2015, the new Chinatown Gate, which is on Wardour Street on the south side, we'll mention that very shortly, that was opened by Prince Andrew. Now, because this is a true crime podcast, I'm not suggesting for a second that Prince, Chan- Prince Andrew is anyway associated with any kind of crime. <clears throat> but then again, he was friends with Jeffrey Epstein, so there we go. Right, okie-kokey. So, if you're looking at the map now, uh, I'm going to be standing in front of O'Neill's on 37 Wardour Street. Wardour Street on the connection with the the western side of Gerrard Street. Oh, sorry. It's an empty street. I almost ran over a cyclist. Uh, So, 37 Wardour Street, it's just behind me. Um, Obviously, because of lockdown, nothing's open, but it's actually a pub called O'Neill's. A a kind of pseudo-Irish pub, not a real one. A kind of a fake chain. Got a black facade on the front of it. On the 1st of May, 1941, uh, this in the basement was actually a club called uh, Palm. Oh, I can never get this right. The Palm Beach Bottle Party Club. Not a great name. And above it, on the floors above, were actually two other clubs. This building itself is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven stories high. But it was the first two uh, clubs. They were both owned and ran by a 39-year-old guy called Antonio Babe Mancini. In the early hours of the 1st of May, uh, Edward Fletcher, a Hoxton based gangster, and Harry, nicknamed Scarface Distleman, barged into the club on the downstairs, demanded a cut of the club's uh, proceeds, uh, threatened to kind of smash it all up if they didn't get it, uh, and quite rightly, both men were booted out. They claimed to be great gangsters, but they really weren't. You know me, it's, a lot of these gangster stories are quite, quite dull and boring and gangsters try and big themselves up a little bit too much more than they should do uh, moments later fearing that another fight was kicking off babe mancini who was the guy who was running the club ran upstairs fletcher and uh, harry disterman had returned uh, a fight broke out uh, babe mancini stabbed hubby dusterman under the armpit it is said that um, that the knifing under the armpit was so severe it almost severed his entire arm off uh although this is possibly bullshit to be honest i'm yet to see the file the police file it's still in the archives i haven't seen it yet so we'll see i 50 quid says it's just a nick um hubby distalman staggered out into the street literally where we're standing now and he died in the street uh, his last words it is said uh was babe done it uh as in babe mancini uh the policeman found him he was dead there was a long dagger found in the, in the club uh babe Mancini actually admitted to the murder, uh, but claimed it was self-defense. He was found guilty and sentenced to death. Uh, He had various uh, appeals for his court case. uh, And this was around Halloween 1941. He was executed by the world famous Albert Pierpoint. And it is said, it is said, here we go. This is is typical of gangsters. It is said that Babe Mancini shouted, cheerio, as the noose was put around his neck and then he was executed. But if you think about it, in the execution chamber, only four people would have been in there. There would have been Albert Pierpoint, the executioner, his assistant, which I think was Harry, Harry Allen on that one, I could be wrong on that one. Uh, It would have been the priest as well, and the condemned man. So who would have told everyone that he said cheerio? I think it's unlikely. Anyway, that was the murder of, uh, hub, hub, well, he's nicknamed Hubby Distelman, but everyone, put, his real name is Harry Scarface Distelman. So that was at 37 uh, Wardour Street, just behind us at the start of uh, Gerrard Street. Now, if you're looking at the map and say, say you, garbage truck is just starting up behind me. If your back is, is to uh, the club we were just talking about, just to your left, you will see a very white and green, one, two, three, four, five, six story building. Uh, three shops north on 41 Wardour Street known as Wong Quay Um, it's well known in London it's widely regarded as one of the worst services you'll ever get anywhere they're famous for being uh, amazingly rude I once went in there with some friends years ago we ordered some food we were sitting down we weren't weren't drunk I have to say that we weren't drunk Uh, we were well behaved Uh, and then um we were just starting to eat our mains we we're halfway through the mains and then the waiter came over took away our plates while we were still eating and we said we're not finished we haven't finished our food and he went no you have get out that's what they're like so that's one key apparently they're trying to uh, change everything now and, and be a little bit uh nicer and brighter but uh they're not i went in there a little while ago and it's still the same anyway that's what people go in there for it's famous for being rude Now, if you look immediately opposite Wong Ki, which is on our left, uh, you'll see uh, a Vietnamese place called uh, Viet, which is just opposite. And then a... Oh, that's loud! They need to get some WD-40 on that. Uh, That was the garbage truck. Um, Just opposite that is a tiny little alley called Dancy Place. Now, uh, I posted about this on, on the Patreon site a little while ago. This is one of these murders that's never going to come to Murder Mile. Whoa, that's loud. Loud. Put some WD on it, mate. Uh, it's on, a murder on Dancy Place. It, there's so little information that literally it couldn't, I couldn't uh, bring it to Murder Mile as a, tr- as a full story. And this is going to happen a lot on this street as well. So uh, on Dancy Place, this story's vague, so get ready for it. Uh, It's a tiny alley, just just so you know, it's a tiny alley. It's really thin, it's at the back of all the restaurants. It's basically used uh, as uh, a place where all of the restaurants put out their bins. Do you know that the uh, restaurateurs come out and have a bit of a smoke? No one really goes down there, it looks really horrible, it really does. But late June or early July 1998, this is how vague it is. A Chinese gambler, a Chinese gambler, now whether he was called Kui Ji, or chi we're not too sure it's one of those he was in his late 30s in an unspecified gambling club playing pow pow gay Pao gao, i believe it's called someone will know better than me it's a game involving 32 dominoes uh, he racked up a lot of debts uh, if you rack up a lot of debts in that point what happens is either you have to work it off through the through the triads who basically run this area or your family does or you have to sell things because he was uh, illegal over here he hadn't got any family with him he hadn't got any money so uh, they did what they what they often did uh, they beat him up threw him down the stairs uh, killed him chopped him up into bits and then left his his body in bags uh, outside in Dancy place for the bin men to collect now the problem is obviously this you'll hear this a lot so with these stories is the fact that Uh, It's impossible to narrow things down. It's impossible to prove things because they because Especially the the gangsters in Chinatown. They don't go to the press. They don't go to the police They don't call the uh, different solicitors. They don't even call the fire brigade who are based at the end of the street They basically just deal with it themselves. So that's what happened. They left the uh, the bag out for their own personal bin men Whether it's a myth or not we don't know but uh, there's a lot of these stories and many of them have made it into the press and are real. So we haven't moved actually at this point. so I'm still standing with my back to O'Neills, facing uh, right down Gerard Street. It's a lovely, quiet day. It's nice and nice and sunny out today. If you look right, a couple of doors down, down at uh, thirteen to seventeen Wardour Street, so just past the uh, Chinese gate that Prince uh, Prince Andrew opened up, uh, you will see uh, a. a a venue that we recognized from episode 10, the uh, murder of Alfredo Zamparelli uh, inside the Golden Goose. Now, the Golden Goose is actually two streets north on Old Compton Street, but this is where it all kicked off. So uh, just past the Chinese uh, ornamental gate, there's a uh, very tall kind of, just past a blue building, there's a very tall white one, opposite M&M World. Who would come to London to go to M&M World? I've never understood that. Anyway, that used to be the Latin Quarter Nightclub. Uh, as, you, as you know, there was a, a bit of a, a, a contra to, to do that was going on uh, between uh, Ronnie Knight, who was a big-time gangster, and various several other gangsters here at the time. They went there for a bit of a peace conference because things had been kicking off. When they went into the club, they realized it was a setup. It was, you know, they they'd been drawn into a, a nightclub. Fight started to kick off, and David Knight, who was the, the younger brother of Ronnie Knight, was murdered right there in that club. So that's where it all kicked off. As you remember from the story, uh, Alfredo Zamparelli was the guy who murdered him. What he could have done, what he really should have done, he went into hiding for a bit, and then he decided to come back. He came back, came straight to Soho, set himself up a little uh, uh, premises on Frith Street, like two doors away, and every day he would go to uh, the Golden Goose Uh, amusement arcade start playing with it with the games uh, and then he got shot dead by um some contract killers yeah bit of a weird one so that's kind of where that murder started and then it ended on old compton street just basically a couple of two streets ahead it's really weird so right next murder my word we're cracking through them um if you're on uh, google maps or looking at this we still haven't moved yet we're still stuck in the same place we're on the corner of uh, gerald street and wardour street uh if you're facing gerald street through all the japanese cuts by the chinese lanterns you will see to your left is an amusement arcade called play to win uh it's been there for quite a while uh yeah even in the 1970s 1980s it's always been an amusement arcade as far as i can remember it's on the corner it's red uh, inside you would normally hear the ding ding jing ding of kind of arcade machines and stuff like that There's a big sign outside saying amusements and it looks very alluring you can you can go in uh, but Back in 1989 this was called Leisure Amusements It was, uh, uh, went under a different name then I'm not going to tell you too much about this story because this is episode 98 It's the next one that you'll get in about two weeks uh, But it all dates back to the 2nd of April 1989 uh, it was meant to be a simple robbery. Someone, I'm not going to say much, went in there. Simple robbery. That was all it was meant to be. Go in there, get the money, go out. Unfortunately, it turned into a really, really horrific mass murder. But I'm going I'm to save that for your next episode. Whew, look at that. We've, we've barely moved. We've barely moved a couple of feet. So I'm going to take a couple of steps down uh, Gerald Street. I'm going underneath the Chinese lanterns. Uh, to my right is gerard 's corner restaurant i 'm going to go underneath the uh, the first of the uh, the Chinese or- ornamental gates this isn 't the one that Prince Andrew opened up to my left is the Kowloon buffet good food i 've eaten there many times before. Uh, if we look on our on our right, you will see uh, a restaurant it 's called London chinatown obviously it 's not open because of uh, coronavirus it's a three-story building this is uh, 27 gerrard street uh, i've never mentioned this name before but uh, just above here used to be the, the the main office of soho gangster billy hill uh, i've never mentioned him before i don't really love gangster stories because it, it, it's hard to kind of pin them down as to you know whether they're true or whether they're not true or you know uh really what's going on with them so that's why i tend not to put them in murder mile unless i can pin it down but it, uh, these were his officers. Uh, he was a gangster involved in smuggling, protection rackets, extreme violence, uh, and one of the foremost perpetrators of organised crime in Soho, West End, from the 1920s through to the 1960s. I know, I know uh what i'm what i'm doing on this story is uh this story this walk that we're going on i've added in uh some gangster related stuff on there because there might be things that will come into murder mile later on so i'm just walking down a very empty chinatown it really i've never seen it this quiet it's really scary even at even like four in the morning it's not this quiet so i'm I'm walking down the street on my left hand side i'm passing the hsbc bank uh loads of restaurants it's so weird it's so quiet it really is um anyway on the left hand side just past hsbc bank uh there is a four story building uh, at 16 gerald street which today is called dumplings legend i've eaten there many times it's a really good place and if i remember correctly i think there's a club in there as well that was a good place uh 16 gerald street it's uh now called dumplings legend Uh, This is not murder-related, but there'll be some names in here that you'll recognize. So, uh, in December 1964, Hugh McCowan opened a nightclub called The Hideaway at number 16. This is right where we're outside now. Uh, McCowan had made a very silly mistake that he had offered the Cray twins, Ronnie and Reggie Cray, who who were well-known gangsters uh, in uh, the 1960s. If you've watched the film uh, uh, The Legend, with uh, Tom Hardy, if there's lots of ladies out there, I'm sure you've watched uh, all the Tom Hardy films, really good film, that's Ronnie and Reggie Cray Cray there, East End Gangsters, they were kind of looking to move west, to move into Soho, kind of West End territory, Uh, so Hugh McCarron had offered them a stake in the club, obviously he was a little bit nervous about this, being approached by the Cray twins, so he said yes, but then he reneged a couple of days later. so uh, the Kray uh, went in, they sent their people in, smashed up the place, started demanding money with menaces. Uh, Hugh did what he thought he was right. He sent it to trial, he got all his lawyers involved. Uh, obviously this was not not a good idea because the Kray Twins were quite serious about what they do, quite, they could be quite brutal at times, but also they had a lot of connections in and around town. Uh, they'd actually bribed and threatened the jury by this point. So when it did actually go go to trial, uh, it was a hung jury. Basically, the, the, the jury could not come to a verdict because so many of them had been nobbled. Uh, they, they went to a retrial, but unfortunately, that had to be abandoned as well. So, uh, to celebrate that, once the trial was over, obviously the craze were exonerated, even though they were, you know, they were clearly guilty. They were exonerated. They came right back here to number 16 uh, Gerard Street to the Hideaway Club, which they had now bought by that point, bought off the landlord. Uh, and they'd renamed it El Morocco and they had a big party here, which is lovely. So uh, that was uh, 16 Gerald Street, where dumplings are legend is. As um, an interesting fact, when this uh, did start being, becoming Chinatown in the early 1970s, there were many, because obviously soy sauce was difficult to kind of get imported over here, difficult to get. Uh, so it said, that even though there was only about seven Chinese restaurants here by that point, many restaurants actually used diluted marmite or if you're australian vegemite as a cheap substitute for soy sauce there you go see we're learning all the way learning all the way so uh we're just taking an extra step forwards now and we're just passing 15 Gerard street uh nice red fronted chinese restaurant called the lotus garden it's got got one of those kind of uh pagoda roofs on the on the first floor and it, it looks very nice i've been in there a couple of times i've been into most of the restaurants it's very nice and it's on the corner of macclesfield street so macclesfield street and gerald street it looks very typical of chinatown uh, th- just to say this story is typical of chinatown there's almost no information we know it did happen but it, it's almost impossible to get any information because as i said they don't go to the police they don't call the fire brigade they don't go to the press Unless, of course, the murder involves uh, a Westerner, then they're fine with that. Without, they're fine. they like, they call the police and they say, there's a dead Westerner, please get rid of them. Yeah, if it's a dead Chinese person, especially a dead triad or a dead gangster, uh, nothing is said. So, um, this is actually the murder, and you're going to have to apologize for my pronunciation here, the murder of Vien Quao Chow On the 8th of October, 1992, um, we know that this definitely happened because there were, I remember seeing signs on the street. I've got a picture of it as well. Police signs on the street with his picture and his name and the date on there saying, we need information about this murder. It was in uh, Cantonese as well, but you know, it never went any further, unfortunately. Um, he was a Chinese immigrant. He, right where we're standing now on the corner of Macclesfield Street and Gerard Street, he was murdered right in the middle of the street. Uh, he was hacked to death using meat cleavers and machetes it was night time it's quite vague about what time it was he was viciously attacked uh, across the head the back the arms and his legs that um, obviously there's an implication that this could have been a kind of a triad turf war uh, as we'll mention this shortly but it's not just the triads who run this there's a, there's a triad. there's kind of the Hong Kong boys the Singapore boys there's various different factions so uh, this is this is what There's quite a problem that goes on Uh, and that's unfortunately that's really all we know about that case. It's it happened here It's in 1992. Um, We don't know whether it's resolved I'm gonna keep looking into it, but it's gonna be one of those cases that won't make it to murder mile because you know There's not enough information so immediately up Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from everything
0: iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Is it that? This is like, we have traveled barely 200 feet now uh and we've already packed in quite a few murders so immediately opposite dumplings legend and lotus garden immediately opposite if you're looking on the map on the left on the right hand side of the street you'll see uh, a bet fred bet fred is a uh uh, uh, like a gambling place you know you can go in there place bets on doggies or the horses or or if you're an idiot you can use the fruit machines which are all rigged anyway this is 32 gerrard street again this story is quite vague as well it definitely happened we've got a uh, it it was in the press there's a lot of information from the police but uh, as always it was vague so uh back in 2003 this used to be a bar called brb uh, which stands for bar room bar busy place nice and active a good place to actually have a a good bar Uh, on the third of june 2003 at about 5 pm it's weird that's you know weekday rush hour it shows the brazenness of it it was a busy bar basically a gunman walked in through the double doors there into the bar uh, there's one guy there 37 year old victim uh, who was unidentified he was shot dead in the club uh in the bar while he was having a drink sitting next to two friends basically a man walked up to him shot him at least twice before running out uh, the victim was taken to uh it says a central london hospital I don't know which one that would be. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, he died about three hours later. The suspect is believed to be Chinese, aged between 20 and 23, about five and about five foot ten. He had distinctive long hair with highlights, possibly dyed red at the back, and his hair fell over his face. Hmm. He was wearing a distinctive red shirt. Um, The case is still unsolved. And this is like almost 30 years on now. Uh, if, if, if you are in Chinatown, there's some good restaurants. If you're on Macclesfield Street, just to say there's a really good pub up there. Am I on the right street? Yes. Uh, one of my favorite pubs is on there called Dehems. It's a Dutch pub. It's very good. Uh, also on, actually on Macclesfield Street, join intercassette, in, intercassettes? What? Well, that's not even a word. Intersects with Shasby uh, Avenue. And on the corner of here is another murder that we're gonna deal with uh, in this next section of the, uh, of the series. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, where are we up to, where are we going to? Ah, okay, we're gonna take a little bit of a step forwards now, going into the second half of, uh, of Gerrard Street, uh, past the uh, Everworld Chinese Medicine on the right. Got the Golden Phoenix there. Uh, it's pretty much like every, I would say if there's 10, rest, 10 premises, nine will be restaurants. Uh, anyway, we are just going past the Golden Phoenix and we're gonna stop outside 39 Gerrard Street. Uh, it's actually a, now a restaurant called Liung's Legend. L e o n g s, Leung's Legend. White building, four stories high. Um, if you're a music fan, uh, 39 Gerard Street used to be Ronnie Scott's original jazz club. This was before it went over to uh, Frith Street. So, this used to be this was where it all started. Uh, there's a, a truck coming down, so it may be quite noisy in a second. Uh, this used to be known as the 39 Club. Uh, it was an illegal gambling club down in the basement. Uh, down there, uh, a lot of the giants play uh, Chinese dominoes. It's kind of a numbers guessing game they have to play. But, you know, they're very serious about it. They love their game. The problem is you can come out of there having just played with like easily a 5,000 pound debt. And this is an illegal night, like, illegal gambling club. So, you know, you can't exactly go to the police when you're, when you're in debt. Anyway, uh, in that basement, 7th of July, 1982 at 1.30 AM, an argument was sparked uh, by a man who he'd won 70 pounds. Okay, that was all it was, and, you know, uh, 1982 decent a decent amount of money but not a huge amount of money yeah argument kicked off uh, he was asked to leave uh, it, uh this story is very much like uh the denmark place fire episode one which happened two years earlier and is literally just a couple of streets away uh there'd been a bit of a growing turf war around that point between the chinese triads and the singapore gangsters um the triads used to organize the kind of the protection uh, for the illegal nightclubs, but then obviously the Singaporeans came in and they started to take over as well. Um, a petrol bomb, they're still uncertain, a petrol bomb or an incendiary device was thrown into the basement, uh, killed at least seven people that we know of. All of them were Chinese. Um, the, the stories, we, we get a lot of stories from the police and the fire brigade who went in there, because the fire brigade is literally at the end of the street. Uh, they went in there. And they said it, it was an inferno they said it was oh here, here i've got these quote here doctor on the scene said the victims never had a chance they were asphyxiated very quickly two policemen were seriously hurt and injured and a firefighter was hurt by flying gla- grass flying grass flying glass flying glass and debris in a second explosion apparently caused by flames reaching the building's gas supply um there were two suspects two Two Chinese men uh, in a red Ford Capri with a black vinyl roof, that date set. uh, Seen racing away from the Loon Fung Chinese supermarket. Just a few doors up, it's still there today. We're gonna pass that shortly. Uh, Two Vietnamese men were later found guilty and charged with the murder of seven people. This may come to Murder Mile. I'm looking into it at the moment to see if there's kind of a sympathetic angle to it, but uh, I'm not too sure. uh, the, the, even though it was only one petrol bomb because it had hit the gas supply it was so the flames were really licking up and it was such such a fire that the building burned until dawn the following day and then it flared up again the next day only three of the seven bodies uh, had been recovered by late sunday um obviously uh police uh, sealed off the scene but uh, they found it really difficult to uh uh track down those who were involved it actually in the end it actually took um it was one of the guys who was a barman who was in there who i mean what he could have done was just said you know uh, i'm not going to say anything but you know because he's because his friends had been killed he was like right sod this going to the police which was quite a brave thing to do and uh, therefore uh, those involved were arrested Whew, i'm out of breath it's my good exercise for the day uh obviously as mentioned as uh a lot of kind of, uh, it still happens today, you think it's an old school thing, but there's still a lot of kind of uh, uh, triads, you know, gangsters' triads, a lot of violence between the rival groups in Chinatown. Um, London's Chinatown, has it's been ruled for decades by two triad gangs known as 14K and Wu Xing Wu, uh, who both originate from Hong Kong um they, they've long had they've had a real stranglehold of the kind of the restaurant trade here they use gambling dens as kind of a base for extortion smuggling prostitution credit card fraud, fraud but it's also extended into murders as well uh, currently uh the triads so we've got those two groups groups there are taking on the snakes head gang from mainland china uh, the snakes heads mainly from the fujian province uh, are linked to human trafficking uh, so yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's hard for the police to really work out what is going on. Um, if we're standing right in front of uh, Lung, Lung, what's it called? Lung's Legend. Um, not on this street, but on the street immediately behind it is Lyle Street. And if you remember, uh, that was Reginald Gordon West uh, who died on that street. That was the, the, uh, the young man who went into the, the uh, lap dancing club, uh, wanted a bit drunk, wanted to use the toilet. Three guys outside... Decided to play a prank on, on the ladies in there, set fire to the stairs, the flames rushed up the stairs, literally burnt down the whole building, and he burnt to death in the toilet. It's a horrible story that one, what a horrible way to die. Um, oh, also as well, um, just slightly north, because we're just running parallel with Shasper Avenue, uh, is the first attempted assassination of Alexander Litvinenko, the Russian dissident. Um, that's just north, that's in uh, a, a hotel called the Shasbury. And if you remember, it's not the one uh, where uh, Litvinenko was poisoned. This, this was the one where they tried to poison him, it didn't work, they went to put it in his green tea. He wasn't thirsty. They kept, as the Lugovoy and uh, Kovtun, the, the supposed Russia's best uh, assassins were apparently like, go on, drink your tea, drink your tea, drink your tea. And he's like, no, I'm not thirsty. And they were really terrible about it. Um, so they came back, they had the polonium-210, they couldn't take it back with them, they thought, so they tipped it down the sink. So one of the rooms in the Shasbury Hotel, still to this day, is, uh, is, is still radioactive. Apparently like um, a couple of weeks, like a week after when they went into the hotel, uh, nuclear scientists went in there with all the hazmat suits on, and it was so radioactive, they could only go into that room for, I think they said it was 20 minutes before it became too dangerous. So So I'm just taking a uh, couple of steps forward now to uh, 42 to 43 Gerrard Street, which is known as the Loon Fung Restaurant. Uh, Still there today. Um, Nice kind of red awnings on the outside. Uh, It looks like a nice place you go into. It has a bit of a history. I'm being a bit quiet because the owners are outside. have to be really careful about this. I don't want to get. I don't want to end up dead. I don't want to end up in someone's soup. So, uh, forty-two to forty-three Gerald Street, the known as the Loon Fung Restaurant. It's now known as the New Loon Fung Restaurant. Twenty-first uh, of March, nineteen eighty-two. Uh, there was a christening in there for a one-month-old child. Um, was a, a bit of a tradition there that groups would come in and they would toast everyone in the room independently. You know, toast the baby with like a, a glass of uh, brandy. It's, this is so vague. One, one of the boys who was part of the uh, Singapore Boys, one of the groups, was toasting one of the boys from the K-14 triads, uh, who were from Hong Kong, um, toasted him with a, a, a brandy to say, you know, for the christening of the baby. The other guy said, no, I'm not interested. That's how it kicked off. Kicked off with, uh, just erupted into violence, two rival groups. Uh, apparently women and children hiding under tables. The guys there had butcher's knives. Uh, they were using bottles and chairs. Uh, one man named Quan Chan was killed. And Michael Wong was seriously injured. Yeah. It's, ama- it's amazing how, how quickly it can... <coughs> oh It's amazing how quickly it can kick off in kind of these stories. So uh, walking on further up the street. Obviously, we've got the paddy power there as always we've got I bet got fred just the down the there. street just passing sorry it was being deliberately quiet uh just passing 8 gerrard street uh lovely uh roast duck specialist yeah, re- restaurant called hausan i can't pronounce that i'll probably mispronounce that really badly i'm not too far from the the, the second ornamental uh, gate on this street. Again, this is another uh, story that it's hard to really pin down exactly what happened. Uh, this was uh, 8 Gerrard Street, now called H- Uh 1976, the date is very unspecified. It was an illegal gambling club. In there, they were playing mahjong. Uh, the restaurant owner called K-Wong. It could be Ki wong as well. There's different spellings in weng as well. There's also versions of he was so badly beaten um, over a debt uh, that he suffered 14 broken ribs and ruptured his spleen and the attack apparently on him was so hard by multiple attackers that one of the attacker's shoes split in half. Nice. Nice. Uh, Just taking us north now. We're almost at the end now. We've really whizzed through this. I'm going under the uh, the western uh ornament, ornamental gate uh just going to pass the joy luck restaurant <laughs> which i went in there uh I've been, i went in there a couple of times with uh, oh i went in there with uh, they walk among us the podcast and generation y there's a big big group of us there and we went in we ordered some food and i said like, this is a good restaurant you should try it out so we went in there ordered some food mine turned up the food was bright red and it was really, really heavy and chilly, and I was like, "Wow, this is burning my face off." And then everyone else's food turned up, and everyone else's food was red as well. And we were like, "What's going on?" And then we realised they must have they must have had a run on chili, and thought, "Sod it, we'll just add chili to everyone's food." It was impossible; we couldn't eat it. Our lips were burning. Uh, nice restaurant. I've been there a couple of times, but be careful about anything that has the words "chili" on it. Um, so I'm bringing us to the end of the street now, we've just passed the ornamental gate. Uh, we're literally just outside the new China restaurant at 48 Gerrard Street. Um, to my left is a big brown building, it's huge, on the corner of Gerrard Place. Uh, that is uh, Shastbury Avenue fire station. They were the guys who reported uh, uh, to the uh, Denmark Place fire. Uh, and uh, do you know what? I, I've had a couple of guys from uh, Soho Brigade on the tour before on Murder Mile walks. A really good fun, great fun. I, and through my research, I've spoken to lots of uh, lots of different uh, f- uh, police officers and uh, you know uh, fire officers, people like that. And I do, I said to them, "Do you are you do you have a problem with Chinatown? Because every time I try and do research about yes. you know, stories involving Chinatown, uh, it's hard to get the information. It's like..." It really is a closed shop especially for a westerner Uh, and uh, you know and uh, so I said uh, you know do you have the same problem and they're like yeah if there's every kind of Chinatown all across the country if ever there's there's a fire going on or there's an incident if it involves a westerner they're not bothered they're more than welcome for things uh, you know uh, five gates to turn up but if it involves member of their own community it's very secretive Uh, you know quite often they'll they'll say you know if there's a fire in Chinatown the the reason is because they want they want the building to catch fire do you know, it's, it's an insurance thing they want to get rid of it or do you know it's a rival or things like that and do you know if the fire brigade or police don't do turn up there'll be locked doors things will be blocked they won't be able to get in it's it's a real nightmare um there's been quite a few fires on uh gerald street over the years it's it's hard to research them because there's so there's so many but this was an interesting one i saw this happening i was on uh I was doing uh, coming in for my Sunday, my murder mile walk, and it's really weird, the street is always kind of quite empty, but as I walked down Shaspi Avenue through Chinatown, I saw like four, four or five fire trucks, and I thought, wow, that's a lot, that's a lot for, for around here. And then I saw two forensics teams, all of, like a big chunk of Shaspi Avenue was shut off, Gerrard Street was shut, shut off. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, something must be going on. I really thought to myself, Maybe this is you know, like a, a gas attack or, or something serious. It looked like a major, major incident. Anyway, I walked into town and on the corner of Gerard Street and Newport Place uh, is a, a restaurant called uh, The New China Restaurant at 48 Gerard Street. Um, and I'm going I'm to thank uh, My London for this because I'm actually using their report on this because I thought they did a nice job. Uh, so it read, uh, 25th of September 2019, so barely a year ago, uh, a fire broke out uh, in Chinatown in central London with thick smoke pouring out of the restaurant. London Fire Brigade sent 12 fire engines and around 80, 80 firefighters to the fire on Gerald Street. The third floor of the four-story building was destroyed by fire. And part of the second floor was damaged. Four people managed to escape the fire before fire crews arrived and firefighters wearing breathing apparatus led led a further two people to safety via the staircase. There were no reports of any injuries. Firefighters used large ladders to reach the high points of the burning building as smoke could be seen across Soho. Uh, London Fire Brigade were called at 8.40 am and the fire was under control by 11.30. Uh, Fire crews from Soho, Euston, Lambeth, Paddington and surrounding areas were at the scene. The cause of the fire is under investigation. Now interestingly I turned up on that day and I looked at the building and there was just so many fire trucks there. And interestingly talking to um, uh, fire brigade officers, police officers, uh, Chinatowns across different cities, they often say that Sometimes you just can't get into a building, do you know, because they've, they've blocked it, they want it to burn, do you know, it's, it's a, an insurance job, or, or do you know, it's a rival's premises and they just don't want you to have access there to put out the fire. But when they do get access, and this was an interesting one, it was an accident, so because the fire brigade were let in, I'm, I'm suggesting, I'm not saying that this is what happened, the forensic teams were sent in, because this is the only opportunity they're gonna get to actually film inside that premises. you think about it next time it catches fire or something happens there now they've got footage now they know what the layout is because uh it's uh it's kind of an interesting case so so no murders actually happen there but uh that's just one of those cases which gives you a good insight into kind of the area and you know the kind of illegality of what's going on here um this brings us to the end of the street we've done it it's literally 400 feet We did that, Uh, that probably took us about an hour. Good bit of exercise. Uh, Brings us to the end of the street to a nice open piazza called uh, Newport Place. If you've done my tour, you'll know about this place. This is, uh, there's a a restaurant in number 11, Newport Place called the Canton. Uh, That's where Red Max Cassell was murdered. You'll know about him from from my walk. That won't appear on Murder Mile, that's specific for the tour. But next to that building at number 10 is the Chinatown Bakery. And in there, uh, in there was, oh, it, oh, that's it, it used to be the Rosendale Club. So if you go back a couple of episodes, God, middle of last season, that was the, the nightclub where the guy was shot dead. Uh, he was stabbed and shot dead five times in a nightclub that was only the, as big as someone's front room. And there were 40 people in there and almost no one saw him, him there or get murdered or it was really vague. So have a listen to that one. That's the two-parter. It's the first part is what people said happened. And then the second part is kind of the truth about really what happened. <sighs> oh, there we go. That's my exercise for the day. How many steps have I done? Doesn't look like I've done that many. Cool. Although I've done a 15 mile w- cycle today to get into town to do this, even though my PO box is shut. Uh, fa- thanks to uh, uh, Ian uh, uh, bitdead 77 uh, th- Thanks for the present. I went, in, went to my P.O. box today uh, to go and get it. Uh, unfortunately, my P.O. box is shut today, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to come in sometime next week. Unfortunately, I'm about 15 miles away from my P.O. box. Um, just while I'm there, just a thank you to my new Patreon supporters, who are... I'm doing it in the voice that I normally do it in. Who are... Karen Walsh, Jane Colbeck-McKinnon, Cindy, and Robert Winning big thank you for that thank you for uh, becoming patreon supporters i would have sent you uh uh, your goodies to enjoy uh with with this what i'm going to do is i'm going to upload all of the pictures that you need so basically you can troll through have a look at all the locations i'm going to film them all now or do little videos um little videos little photos and then you can wheel your way through them and just pretend that you're joining me on the tour so uh hope you enjoyed that that was Meander Mile part three. God, I did that in 45 minutes. That's a miracle. That is an absolute miracle. I thought, I thought this would have taken, at the start, I was thinking, God, this is gonna take about an hour, hour and a half, but it didn't. So thank you all much, very much for coming. Next week is obviously Meander Mile four, which I'm gonna record now. Uh, and then we will come back with uh, episode 98, which is the, the episode that I mentioned at the very start at uh, uh, 23 Gerald Street. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Have yourself a good day. Be good. Bye.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.